Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 63 of Buds and Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, and today I am not joined by my usual co-host, Riley McConnell. We are bringing back returning guest and good friend and fan favorite, Quinn Abram. Quinn, welcome back to the show. Thanks. Coming back full circle. You betcha. Yep. Last time we had you on the show was uh, right before the lockout ended, way back when, back in early March, I believe it was. So uh, good to have you back. We've had a full 162-game season down, and now, Quinn, it is time for the big show. The lights are going to be shining just a little bit brighter. The fans are going to be cheering just a little bit louder, and the stakes mean so much more. We are officially into the postseason. Yes, we are. Down 162 down. Three is all that matter now. Yeah, these games are going to be huge and um, glad to have you back. Today on the episode, we are going to preview these series against the Seattle Mariners. We're going to talk about the rotation, the bullpen, which players could be X factors, a lot of way this series could go. Um, but first, be sure to like and subscribe to the video and leave us a five-star review on those podcast streaming platforms. But first, Quinn, we're going to start the show here. I got to fill in the blank for you. The Blue Jays will win the wild card round if blank happens. If Vladdy plays as good as he can. Mm, you think so, eh? So we need a big series from Vladdy in order to do it here? I think so. He's, I mean, the numbers he put up this year for 99% of baseball players we're very happy with. Yes. They're kind of average for him. Mm -hmm. I, I think he, there's another level to hit there. And if he does, then I don't think he's running stopping us. We've seen Vladdy go on stretches throughout the course of the regular season where he has single-handedly carried this team, and then we've seen stretches where he's kind of disappeared for a while. We know the type of bat that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. can have. And look, at the end of the day, Quinn, he's our best player. And at some point, you need your best player on the team to carry you. I like that. If Vladdy can come out early and set the tone in game one, I like our chances of being good in this series. For me, my take, though, I think we're going to win this wild card round if we hit well with runners in scoring positions. In an only quick three-game series, these um, these games mean so much. And any time you get guys on base, it might come down to having those singles with a guy on second base to bring them in and getting those runs because they are so much more important in the playoffs. Uh, during the season, the Jays hit 270 with runners in scoring position, but we saw that number kind of slide throughout peaks and valleys, you know, throughout the course of the year. So at the end of the season, though, they finished second best in baseball in that metric. Houston. Um, behind only Houston. Seattle was 11th in Major League Baseball at that. So the Jays will have to continue doing that. If we do that well, I like our chances of pulling out a W in the series. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. There were definitely a couple periods this year where second place in the league was about farthest from our minds and we're all pulling our hair out. Oh, especially um, in April. <laughs> yes. And yeah, agreed. It's it, like that situational hitting and I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit today. It's mm -hmm. like come playoff time, so small margins. Again, three games. Three baseball games. Yeah, I mean, it's just leaps and bounds better than the one wild card game, which if this was last year and the Blue Jays were in this position, we'd be playing just one game. And man, Quinn, I don't know about you, but I'm nervous as hell for a three-game <laughs> series. And uh, yeah. if we were doing just the one, card, one wild card game again, I can't imagine it would be any more or less stressful. But uh, let's get into it here, Quinn, before... Um, before the season or before the postseason starts here, the Blue Jays need to announce their postseason roster, and there are still some decisions to be made here. The main issues are going to be the health of Santiago Espinal and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Um, it seems that Santiago Espinal seems to have the front track to getting back now, and a decision might have to be made on whether or not Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is healthy to play. Quinn, do you have a quick thought here? If, assuming they're both healthy to play, do you put them both on this roster, or do you maybe just not take the chance if they're not 100% and let them go with guys that are 100% healthy? Good question. Uh, I think if they're both 
healthy or even reasonably healthy, you know, you think even they can give you a game or two, mm -hmm. I put them on there. Cause you know, I, I think, you know, we've got some guys that can play that defensive specialist role, that base running role. Yeah. But they add that kind of depth to our lineup that I think was really out of anything this year, probably our, our strongest feature is just the, the one through nine depth. Mm -hmm. And so even if they can give you one game or two games of that, I would, I would personally have a hard time leaving them off. I think you got, if they're healthy enough to play, which is the main caveat here, I think you have to put them on the roster too. The thing that Santiago Espinal and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. both do really well is they have some of the best hand-eye coordination on the team and they are very good at putting bat on ball. And in the postseason, where you would just want to limit your strikeouts and especially against good pitchers because Seattle has good pitchers. We'll get into that a little later here. But just getting the ball in play sometimes is very, very important. And if they look that they're ready to go, maybe you don't start them every game like you said, but we've seen how hot Lourdes Goriel can be. He was running for a batting title until he got hurt for midway through the season there. And um, Santiago Espinal, when the team wasn't really hitting, was one of the best hitters early in the season. Hell, he was an all-star, for goodness sake. So... I think if you put them both on the roster, then you are going to have to cut one of Jackie Bradley Jr. or Bradley Zimmer, and the Blue Jays really like that. And then also, if you want to keep Gabriel Moreno around as a third catcher so you can DH Danny Jansen, I think the whole thing kind of winds together, and it'll be very interesting to see what the Blue Jays do come 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. Oh, agreed. Because, yeah, right now, I would think you'd want Moreno around because it's just going to be some options late in games if you already have the other two guys in the lineup. Mm-hmm. But the flip side is I agree with you that like based on the evidence they've given us, do we really think Bradley Zimmer and Jackie Bradley Jr. are going to be on this roster? I mean, they're the, they're the pinch runners guys. They're the guys who can come in and play good defense, which has a role and is especially more valuable in the postseason. Like Terrence Gore, for goodness sake, is getting on postseason appearances just because he can run really fast. And Bradley Zimmer is the fastest base runner on the Blue Jays team. And I think that's why he stayed on the roster for most of the year here. Um, and I'd be surprised if they let him go. It might be Jackie Bradley Jr., but then you're giving up another one of your left-handed bats and you only have so few of them on the team. So it'll be very interesting to see what we uh, go with for 10 a.m. tomorrow. Pay attention to the Twitter feed, though, because we'll be talking all about it as we get there. Um, so we talked about the injuries for the Blue Jays. We're going to start previewing the Seattle Mariners series here now. And the Seattle has some injuries here, too. Um, old friend Ryan Brucky strained his flexor. We will not see him at all this series. Jesse Winker, who is um, one of the main pieces Seattle added, added offseason, is on the IL, and he will not be ready this series. As well as Sam Haggerty, who is their speedy pinch runner guy. They're kind of Bradley Zimmer, who I guess can hit a little better. He uh, strained his groin sliding into second base, and he will be out for the series. So those are the main injuries for Seattle. And going with the Blue Jays, it's Gurriel Espinal. And I guess you could say Kevin Gosman, but it sounds like he's good to go with his finger issue and shouldn't be a problem. So Quinn, I thought we could go position by position here. We'll start with the pitchers and we're going to talk about who it's probably going to be on each matchup. And then we're going to decide who has the advantage, right? So for example, the first one here, we're going to talk about Alec Manoa against Luis Castillo. We'll talk a little bit about them and who is the better one out of the two. And then we'll do the starter group as the whole, and then we'll do the bullpen and then we'll do the hitters. And by the end of that, we should have a tally on who we think has the advantage in the series. Ready to go? Let's do this. Okay. So game one, Alec Manoa, 16 and seven on the season. He's got a 224 ERA. He's going up against Luis Castillo, who is their big trade deadline acquisition. He's eight and six with a 299 ERA. Now I tried to look up some Blue Jays hitter data against uh, Luis Castillo to see if there's anything we can draw from this. And because he spent most of his time in the National League and then he pitched in the AL West, the Jays don't have actually a lot of at-bats against him. But one surprising thing, Quinn, here is uh, Rymel Tapia is actually seven for 11 against Luis Castillo in his career. He's got three extra base hits, including a home run. Uh, Whit Merrifield is two for eight, but no other Blue Jay has more than three home three at bats 
against Luis Castillo. So do you think Tapia's success against Castillo might put him into the lineup here? Or do you think that's just white noise and nothing? Uh, perhaps. Yeah, no, it's... Uh... Tapia actually reminds me a bit of, of Ben Revere for us. Mm. And, and we're talking about X factors. That's actually another, another one that I kind of was going to come up with my list later. Right. Um, but that stat, actually, I didn't know that one. It reminds me of um, how I think Tapia was first this year and on base uh, in OPS with bases loaded. So okay. I think if you expect you to get the bases loaded against Luis Castillo, you got to throw him in there um, in total. I mean, that, that you don't even have to do the rest the rest of the lineup. John Steiner's already won the game. If that comes into play. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> But I, I would strongly, I would strongly consider it. I, I like that kind of contact speed element at the bottom of the lineup. Mm -hmm. um, you know, even beyond analytically what the numbers give you, I just find that that either for setting the table for the top guys or for just helping to kind of drive around uh, the guys in the lineup who are on base, mm -hmm. I really like that element. Um, and so I would, I'd strongly consider putting them in there. I, I do think he's going to be in the lineup, especially if Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is not ready to go. And, you know, I looked up, three of his extra base hits came back in 2017 when Tapio was a rookie. Luis Castillo is a different pitcher now than he was then. Um, I looked up the stats, and Luis Castillo, I remember, was he was really good with his changeup. It was his best weapon. But since he got traded to Seattle, he actually hasn't thrown his changeup that much. He's been more of a hard fastball guy. And the Blue Jays have seen more high-velocity fastballs than any other team in Major League Baseball. In fact, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has more hits off 97-mile-per-hour fastballs than any other player in the Major Leagues. So that bodes well, Quinn. If we think that uh, Vladdy's going to have a big series for us to win this, then, um, yeah, that just bodes well against maybe getting a few runs off Luis Castillo. And we know a lot about Alec Manoa and what Alec Manoa can do. So, um, yeah. Who, who's got the edge here in game one? Is it the Blue Jays with Alec Manoa or the Mariners with Luis Castillo? I, I'm going to go with the Blue Jays with Manoa here. And, you know, part of that Good is, man. you know, Castillo, over his career, I think there's a bit more variance. Like, this is obviously a high point for him. Right. But I think he certainly can get hit around a bit. And I think what you're saying, coming at, the, at this lineup with a heavy fastball diet is probably not the best way to have success. And Manoa, to me, I mean, we're going to have to see. It's going to be his first um, playoff exposure. But he kind of has that mentality of what I want in the playoffs. Like, mm -hmm. he's got that bulldog mentality. Like, you know, even if he's struggling, he strikes me as the kind of guy who is just going to fight through it and give you everything to get a win. And I think at the end of the day, while it's a close matchup, I probably lean Manoa. I think I'm with you there. I was watching his press conference today and he just seems so cool, collected and confident. Like Manoa just has that mindset. At least it feels like it, that he's just going to go out there and shove. And even when he's having some of his worst starts, it doesn't even matter. Manoa battles and I expect more of the same in this series. Uh, Quinn, going on to game two. Now the Blue Jays haven't announced a starting pitcher for this game. Uh, it's either going to be Kevin Gosman or Ross Stripling. My theory is if we win game one, we probably go Ross Stripling for game two. If we lose game one, we probably go Kevin Gosman for game two. But that's, uh, that's to be decided yet. Um, let's pretend it's Ross Stripling in game two because we got to put positive vibes that the Blue Jays are going to win game one here. He's 10-4 and four on the season with a 301 ERA against Robbie Ray, our old friend. 12-12 and 12 on the year with a 371 ERA. I looked up some Blue Jays players data against Robbie Ray too. Um, the only one that really stood out is George Springer. Six for 15 against Robbie Ray with two home runs. And Rymal Tapia, there's that name again, is three for nine against Robbie Ray with a home run as well. Chapman has a home run against him in his career. But Robbie Ray is a different guy now than he was with his time in the Diamondbacks before a lot of these Blue Jays players faced him. So 
The Blue Jays, though, are a right-handed heavy lineup, and Robbie Ray has struggled in the month of September, and he gives up a lot of home runs to right-handed hitters. I like the Jays' chances. They could probably hit around Robbie Ray a little bit in game two. I think so, and I think, you know, part of his big um, revitalization of his career was was going with a slider-heavy diet. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, that's actually one of the pitches that we've done better against um, than than most this year. Um I agree with you. Exceptions, I, but yeah. <laughs> yes, agreed, agreed. Um, but I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, I probably give the Mariners a bit of an edge here. Um, Ray has the pedigree. Yep. But I think there's enough factors in there. I mean, really all these matchups, I think, are going to be kind of toss-ups on the pitching end. Um, so I might, I might lean Robbie Ray in this one. But, I mean, hey, Ross Stripling's had a hell of a year. I think that's the smart play to do is to lead Robbie Ray, but I am getting Marco Estrada vibes from Ross Stripling, and Marco Estrada probably had one of the best pitching performances in Blue Jays' playoff history. The problem is with Stripling, though, is he doesn't swing and miss a lot of bats, and sometimes he can get hit hard, but we know he's not going to walk anyone, but he might give up a home run or two, and this game might be like a 6-4 to four game or something like that, so the Blue Jays' bats are going to need to be important if they're going to win that one. And if we get to a game three, Quinn, Kevin Gosman against Logan Gilbert. Um, Gilbert, young guy, 13-6 and six with a 3-2-2 ERA, but his ex-ERA was more around four. Some notable Blue Jays against him. Santiago Espinal's four for eight. Whit Merrifield, three for five with a home run. And George Springer, Teoscar Hernandez, and Rymel Tapia, again, have all hit home runs off uh, Logan Gilbert in his career. So... Not much to say. We just got to hope. I guess Kevin Gosman comes out and he's got the strikeout stuff and the and like the hits don't fall because Kevin Gosman's given up a lot of line drives, been given up a lot of hits, but he's also been striking everybody out and not walking anyone. So we need just to be on the good side of variance, I think, with Kevin Gosman. And I like his chances to perform better over Logan Gilbert in this one. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I'm a big Logan Logan Gilbert fan. Mm-hmm. Gosman, I think part of it is, you know, all, all of what we're hearing is that it was just kind of precautionary with his finger Yes, at the end of the year. If that's the case, I like Gosman. If he's still struggling with that at all and it throws off his command at all, like you're saying, the ball's been landing. Mm-hmm. So if his command is struggling at all, at that point, I'm a little leery for us. We'll see. Who would, and the one thing I think we can both agree on here is that the starting pitching depth behind Gosman, like for the Blue Jays, it's Jose Barrios and what, you say Kikuchi, Mitch White? Like, they still have George Kirby in Seattle. They have Marco Gonzalez still in Seattle. I would say the depth for the starters here are better for the Mariners than the Blue Jays, so we can give them an edge there. If we're giving the Blue Jays a thumb up for um, Alec Manoa and for Kevin Gosman, and we're giving the Mariners the edge with Robbie Ray here, I'd say it's kind of tied 2-2, and both teams are going to have really good starters. I agree. And, I mean, I think ultimately it comes down to, to baseball, you know, because when you look at the, the bulk stats, mm-hmm. I think you probably would initially give the edge to the Mariners, but when – you get into a three-game series, and in general in baseball, you're down to three, maybe four starting pitchers. And all of a sudden, that depth where you have that, you know, fantastic borderline all-star case in your fifth or sixth starter position. Mm-hmm. Come playoff time, I mean, it's nice to give you a multi-inning weapon, different look at the bullpen. But that advantage compared to the regular season is mitigated a lot. So what you're saying is the bullpens are going to have to pitch higher leverage in the postseason as they always do. So let's dive into that a little bit right now. And let's start at the back end, uh, Quinn, here. Jordan Romano is our closer going up against Paul Seawald, who's the Mariners closer. We know how good Jordan Romano has been all year. I know you've seen it. Riley and I have talked about it nonstop on the pod. But uh, 2.11 ERA, 36 saves for Jordan Romano, although he has blown six of them. Against Paul Seawald, 2.67 ERA with 20 saves and five blown saves. Who's got the advantage at closer? 
put this one pretty well uh, as a toss-up. I think Romano, you know, we've seen this year, even, you know, I remember the game against Pittsburgh where, you know, we had runners that second and third no out and he struck out the side. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not perfect, but he gets the job done. He, he seems to have that kind of it factor that you want to closer in the ninth inning. On the Seawald side, he's got some pretty nasty stuff. He's been doing it for a while too. Yeah. And so, you know, come, come ninth inning, like that that's difficult to deal with. Like if they're going to keep throwing that out you, it's, it's not that dissimilar to when Andrew Miller was just, you know, messing with us there and then back in the Indians or now guardians day. Yeah. I do think Romano's the better closer here. Um, but like I said, they're both really good. I like Romano. We're going to be using him a lot throughout this postseason. Let's hope he can shut that down. No one has had more one run saves or high leverage relief appearances than Jordan Romano. So he's already dealt with the pressure. He's going to know how to deal with it. I think we're giving him to the win there. Uh, Quinn, setup men. Uh, the number one setup guy for the Blue Jays would be Jimmy Garcia, four and five with a 3 1 OERA. And then Andres Munoz. I don't know if you know anything about him, Quinn, but two and five, 249 ERA. He's been nasty this year. And he's going to be like their Andrew Miller type, I guess. Um, for the Mariners out of their bullpen, because he's been really good. And I would give the advantage to Seattle here, unless there's something else you wanted to add on Jimmy Garcia. Or no, on- I've got the same. I, to be honest, I was, you know, I, it's a name that I was familiar with. And looking at some of the stats before this episode, I was like, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I think we're going to see as we get through the rest of the bullpen here, Seattle's strength is their bullpen. And coming into a postseason series, your bullpen can single-handedly win you games if they are pitching well. So the Blue Jays are going to have to match them bit by bit. And coming in with these next two guys here, uh, Anthony Bass has probably been our second best reliever behind Romano, especially since the trade. Uh, four and three with a one five four ERA on the season. Uh, going up against Eric Swanson out of the Mariners bullpen, um, who's also three and two with a one six eight ERA. Both good pitchers. Both are going to be relied upon. The only thing that worries me here is Anthony Bass does get a little homer prone sometimes. And we hope that if he is going to give up a home run, it's just a solo home run and we avoid the big one from Anthony Bass. Yeah. No, agreed. I think, you know, kind of this middle part of the bullpen is a bit of a, a toss-up for me in the next couple guys, mm-hmm. um, where I think they've got the advantage right after in those kind of mid-high leverage guys and also the little bit more depth as well as we kind of start building out. So going into these next guys in the pen then, Jays have Adam Simber and David Phelps are probably the next two guys up, and the Mariners can go with Diego Castillo, who's pitched great in the playoffs for the Rays for all those years, and Kingston, Ontario's Matt Brash, who the command's kind of an issue, but boy, does the stuff look good for Matt Brash. So um, they're both going to be on the playoff roster. They're both going to be good. I think we're giving the advantage to Seattle here, right? I think so. It, it's it's hard. I, I like the Blue Jays bullpen. I don't think it's it's overwhelming. But when you measure up against Seattle's, if you start working where you're back, it's we're going to be in tough. We want to get those runs early. Where the Jays might have an advantage, though, is from their lefty out of the pen. The Jays have Tim Meza and Yusei Kikuchi if he makes the roster. We'll see. Um, but the only lefty in the Mariners pen is Matthew Boyd, who pitched for the Tigers, was pretty effective for a long time. But he's got a 135 ERA, Quinn, but it's only been 13 and a third innings pitched. Um, but he's just a guy. The Jays don't have many lefties anyway, so I doubt we'll see a lot of Matthew Boyd in this series. But uh, just a name to remember as we get there. So that's the whole course of the bullpen. I think we've decided right. Mariners have the edge. Agreed. Yeah, it's close. But let's get into the lineup here now, and we'll start behind the dish, Quinn. It looks like Alejandro Kirk is going to be the catcher for Alec Manoa, as he's done for most of the year. Going up against Cal Rowley. Now, uh, Kirk has a WRC plus of 129 with 14 home runs on the season. Cal Rowley has 27 home runs this year, Quinn. A very impact bat for the Seattle Mariners down at the bottom of their lineup. Who gets the advantage here? I think I lean us on this one. Um, 
Cal Raleigh is great, but he's also that very much boomer bust hitter, which if it booms from the bottom of the lineup for them, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to be kind of helping to neutralize maybe the overall edge we might have from our bats. But, you know, it's also quite possible where he has a couple of games where he's over four. And I think with Kirk and I think with how he's placed in our lineup, mm-hmm. I'm more convinced he's, that we're going to get some sort of positive outcome out of him. I'm just, I haven't seen the power from Kirk and I would love to see Alejandro Kirk just lace one up and put one over the yard. We've seen just a lot of singles from him, especially since his hot streak. And it would just be so nice if we could get some power back from Alejandro Kirk. If he does that, I agree with you that Kirk and the Blue Jays have the advantage at just starting catcher here. But I am kind of worried that Cal Rally gets a few hits and some big home runs off us. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, first base, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. against Ty France. Vladdy's got a 132 WRC plus with 32 homers. Ty France, 127 with 20 homers. I think we both agree here, advantage Toronto Blue Jays, but we would like to see more from Vladimir Guerrero Jr., right? Agreed. And I mean, I, that's no slight to Ty France, who I think has had mm-hmm. a, a hell of a year. Yeah, all But I also, I don't think he's got a lot more room to grow to close that small gap mm-hmm. where, like we said earlier, Vladdy, like the sky is still the limit. And if he puts it together now, you know, not just this series, but watch out. I hope so. I really, really hope so. If he's going to march around saying, this is our house, Vladdy, like put up. It's time to put up. Take this team on your back. Carry us. Let's go. Because we're going to need it. And oh, I'm nervous, but hopeful that he can do it. Second base, Quinn. It looks like the Blue Jays are probably going to go with Whit Merrifield. He's been the starting second baseman for most of the games down the stretch here. I think he's only sat one or two in the last three weeks. He's only got an 88 WRC plus on the season, but he has been a lot better as of late. 11 home runs and 16 stolen bases. And I believe he's our best base runner too. So I think he's earned the trust of John Schneider and will be starting in the wildcard game here. And going up against Adam Frazier, who's more just a defense guy. He can't really hit. 81 WRC plus, only three home runs for the uh, Adam Frazier. Advantage Blue Jays, right? I think so. And, you know, he's also, he's got a, a little bit more experience in playing some of these tough games than some of our guys do. And I think that also is is untold value at this point mm-hmm. it'll be his first playoff appearance for Whit Merrifield and he's talked about he's excited but he's been talking about CU Friday for a long time so I think big things in store from Whit Merrifield I hope um, going to shortstop now it's Bo Bichette against JP Crawford Bo Bichette who was down for about four and a half months and just really turned it on at the end here player of the month for the month of September and now just led the American League in hits almost seemingly out of nowhere uh, 129 WRC plus hits really well against the off-speed pitches which I'd imagine he'll probably get a good diet of here from Luis Castillo and from um, Logan Gilbert and Robbie Ray. So I, I'm expecting Boba Shett to have a big series here. Um, but the question with him is always his defense, Quinn. We saw in 2020 when the Jays were down at the drop, Boba Shett had a couple throwing errors and did not look good. Are we worried that that's going to come back to haunt us at all from Boba Shett? I think it's always a worry with Bo, unfortunately. I'm glad with where his bat's at. Like, you know, I, like we were kind of, I think, for a lot of the year waiting for one of our guys to really step up and lead the team. And he took the charge and really drove us into this position in the playoffs. But in terms of shortstop defense, you also never know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And it's been better as of late, but, you know, just skying one over first base is could very easily happen, you know, first at bat tomorrow. God, I hope not. If Oh, man, that, <laughs> that's a storyline I don't want to rehash up there. Uh, let's no. get through the rest of these lineups really quick here. Matt Chapman um, really struggled as of late. I think he's three for his last 40-something, but he is second on the team in home runs with his 27 home runs. Against Eugenio Suarez, Quinn, and I don't know if you've looked at his numbers, 31 home runs, 131 WRC+, plus. as good as Matt Chapman is, I think it's advantage Seattle here. I think so, too. Yeah. 
Uh, Rymel Tapia, we've already talked about. We think he's going to have a good series. We hope he's kind of like our Ezekiel Carrera moment. But he's going up against Jared Kalenic, who is a former top-round prospect. And Quinn, 55 WRC plus on the season is quite bad. Seven home runs, only five stolen bases. But he has actually made some swing changes. And down the stretch, he's actually been really good. I think I want to give the advantage to Seattle here just because Jared Kalenic still has massive upside. And Rymel Tapia is just Rymel Tapia. And in the postseason, the short things were one game where anything could matter. I think you take the chance on upside. And I am worried about Jared Klanek having a good season here. Yeah. I mean, that's certainly an X factor on their side. Yeah. I hate it, though. <laughs> I don't want them to have X factors. But that's all right. Uh, I think as good as George Springer is in center, Julio Rodriguez wins this. He's a superstar. He's their best hitter. 146 WRC plus, 20 home runs, 25 stolen bases. And George Springer, known playoff performer, I'd still give the advantage to Julio. Maybe we just get lucky. He has some postseason jitters. He can't handle the nerves. Maybe us fans get on him so much that he starts to struggle. But I think it's advantage Seattle here. I think, I think you have to. And then Teoscar Hernandez, Mitch Hanniger. Quinn, what do you think here? I think... I'm going to go Teoscar. I think Mitch has had the better year, but I think Teoscar has that pedigree. And I mean, ultimately for us, if he can play up to that potential and then you, you roll out Springer, Bo, Vlad, and Teoscar, like that meat grinder is it's really, dangerous. I think, what defines yeah. our team. Yeah, Mitch Hanniger has been hurt for a large part of the year, but he is back now and he's been mashing since he's come back. It's it's They're pretty even. I'd almost say it's a wash, to be honest. I like both players. Yeah. Uh, Teoscar has been frustrating at times, but he has gotten hot lately. And uh, going into DH, if it is Danny Jansen behind the uh, plate as the DH here against Carlos Santana, I like Danny Jansen. 140 WRC plus. Danny Jansen has quietly been our best hitter all year. Yeah. And he's, I kind of hope he gets in the playoffs here. He, he is, yes, he's been great. And especially that bottom end of the lineup, really just lengthening us out. Mm -hmm. And then the fact that he can go behind the plate and give a solid defense. Just a vote to have Gabriel Moreno on this playoff roster just so we can have Danny Jansen's bat in the lineup every time because I think we're going to need it. Uh, yeah. So that's the offense, Quinn. I think where did we end up on this? I wasn't keeping track. I probably should have. <laughs> but it was close, right? Did we agree that the Jays are going to have a better edge? I hope so. Jays are the so. second best offense in baseball. I hope so, too. So, yeah. We might so, be a little biased, but... <laughs> that is true. Uh, let's go to defense now. And Quinn, this has been... So the Blue Jays' defensive stats have been interesting, right? So if you go by in terms of fielding percentage... Jays have a 986 field percentage as a team. The Mariners are slightly better at 988. Defensive runs saved, if you look at that metric, Blue Jays are 8th best in baseball. The Mariners are 10th best in baseball. But if you go to UZR, Quinn, and I don't know how well you know UZR, and I'll explain this to the guys listening at home too, it's essentially how often you turn a batted ball into an out. So like your little flares count bad against it. This is usually a metric that judges your range as a fielder. Um, if a guy hits a weak dribbler, you pick it up and you throw it, but the runner beats it out, that goes damage against your UZR, but not your fielding percentage or your defensive run save. So the Blue Jays were second worst in baseball at this metric, um, behind only Minnesota. Uh, they were negative 32.5. The Mariners were 13th in baseball. And I think this could be a problem, especially with the team that, you know, puts the ball in play like the Seattle Mariners do. Jays got to hope they turn those into outs. Agreed. And I mean, from their end, I think, you know, they have to build their team that way a little bit with how spacious Safeco is. Mm -hmm. But when you put them in the smaller Rogers Center, they're going to make it tough on us to get base hits to drop. And yeah, conversely, you know, like that's what's going to kill us is if we can let them string together some singles um, with the timely extra bases hits, like that's how they're going to beat us. They're not going to, you know, blow us out of the water. But, you know, if they can just manufacture offense like that, you know, Pitching that's that's going to be their key, I think. Pitching and defense has always been some of the best stuff to win championships in baseball. And Seattle, 
does pitching and defense really well. So the Jays are going to also have to match on defense for intensity. That's something we're going to have to watch. And Quinn, I'd hate to come back here and say we lost this series because we didn't play good defense. But if we do, I feel like it's going to be because of that and because we didn't hit clutch at all. Yep. Well, the only other thing that really controls on a baseball diamond is base running. And, you know, the Jays are just going to have to do the little things well here. Um, we're going to have to go first to third on our singles. We're going to have to draw our walks. We might have to steal a timely base at a right time. Uh, I don't really have much to say. The Jays' fastest base runners are Bradley Zimmer, Whit Merrifield, Teoscar Hernandez. Seattle's top three are Julio, Dylan Moore, Abraham Toro. Is there an advantage here? It's hard, really hard to judge base running, especially in a short three-game series, but no team is leaps and bounds above the other here, right? I agree. I, I think it comes out to a wash. I, I think they've got probably the better pure athletes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even some of our slower guys, I think, are, are good timely base runners. And that's something that they've really worked on over these past couple of years. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, th- I think overall it'll be kind of a wash towards the overall outcome. Vladdy has eight stolen bases this year. And if he would have totally coming into the year, that, yeah, that wouldn't happen. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. Just it's got to be the little things. And that's coming going to fall on the back of John Schneider, our manager. Now, Games have to be managed completely differently in the postseason than they do in the regular season. So, Quinn, my question to you is, what do you think John Schneider is going to have to do differently, if anything, that he's going to do differently throughout the postseason to win these games when every single game, every single pitch means so much more? So, I mean, I think we on, on the batter side, we already see a bit of that. You know, he's not afraid to, to call in the pinch hitters, pinch runners, um, the, the classic Zimmer, Bradley Jr., double defensive uh, supreme coming in, you know, in the eighth or ninth inning. I think you'll see a lot of that. And I really think from that perspective, he's been managing very similarly probably to how he would um, come playoffs. On John the pitcher, Schneider. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, on the, on the pitching side, mm-hmm. I think he's going to have to be, you know, careful not to overuse Romano, but then he's going to need Romano quite a bit. And so I think, you know, in terms of how he bridges from the starters to the back end of the bullpen, you know, he's going to be a little bit more aggressive and we haven't seen that yet. Yeah. Um, John Schneider talked about in his managing session today, he's going to try to keep, or his press conference, sorry, that he's going to try to keep things very similar. Uh, he's going to live and die with his big guns. I think he's going to keep him up there on the mound. Uh, the thing I'm worried about is say he makes a pinch running move or a defensive replacement too early. And then Bradley Zimmer end up getting at bats in the postseason, And that's the last thing you want. If Bradley Zimmer is getting at bats, something has gone wrong here. Uh, but let's see. I agree. Bullpen management is going to be the big thing. Bringing in the right guy at the right time. You know, I don't want to see Adam Simber come into a game with runners on base because he's more of a contact guy. I'd like to have him get the clean innings. And when he uses Tim Meza is going to be very important to watch here in this series as well. Quinn, do you have a pick on who your Blue Jays unsung hero is going to be? Like, who's going to have the David Freese moment or the Randy Rosarena moment from a few postseasons ago? I mean, I think I've, I've probably spoiled this a couple times in the episode already, but uh, Ray Tapia is, is, I think, my guy. I like guy. that call. I like that I, call a lot. I like, I like the element he brings bottom of the lineup. Mm-hmm. I like, I, I have no idea if it's sustainable, but what he does with, um, with the bases loaded is just freaking unbelievable. And, as and I'm hoping to see more of it. Yeah, he's got a home run against each of the three starters that in his career that we're going to see here. No other Blue Jay on the roster has that. So I really like the call. We've talked about that in episodes two. But my pick, Quinn, Danny Jansen might have like a Pat Borders-esque uh, like run here in a series and just hit three or four home runs and really take this team on his back. So that is my pick for Unsung Hero. Uh, you guys watch and leave a comment down below on who you think your Unsung Hero could be. Quinn, before we get out of here, before we go, three keys to the series. For me, Blue Jays hitters get on base. Work the counts, swing on strikes. 
I kind of loop those all into one key to the series here. If they do that, the offense should hum. We should score runs. The little things, Quinn, have to be done well. They have to take the extra base. They have to play good defense. They have to be smart. No mental errors in this game. If you have a double play ball, turn the double play. Um, and no sack bunting. Well, maybe some sack bunting. Oh, well, I don't know. We'll get into that issue another time. But don't waste your scoring opportunities when these guys get on base. Runs are so valuable in the postseason. You need to uh, make sure all guys that are in scoring position get driven in. What are your three keys to the series here? I think number one, neutralize their starting pitching. If yes. our guys can come out, and I think they've got the the capability to do it, if they can neutralize that, the strongest area of their team, mm-hmm. it's going to a great chance to win. Number two, you nailed it with the little things. Mm-hmm. If Bobachette is sailing balls over first base, we're going to be in trouble because that's a team that is going to be able to manufacture some runs. They're used to it. That's what we're looking for. If we give them those little openings, they're going to take advantage. Number three, they've got to string some hits together, get those timely hits. We've mm-hmm. had those bad periods in the season. If we can manage to, to do that, our overall strength on offense, I think, will be enough for us to overpower them. God, Quinn, I hope you're right. I'm incredibly nervous here. Uh, it'll be Me my too. first time going to a playoff game. This season, this team does feel different. And ultimately, the success of this team is going to come down to how we perform in the postseason. Let's get the way our road to the World Series begins here with a win against Seattle. So that'll do it for our episode here today, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. We hope to have Riley back here soon, probably before the next series. If not, pay attention to us on Twitter and Instagram. We'll be at the games. We'll have lots of content up there. If you want to see what it's like in the dome during a playoff game, we'll be screaming loud. We'll be yelling at some Mariners relievers. We're excited. Um, And we'll be back Monday to discuss the next episode. Uh, Hopefully, we're talking about a Houston Astros preview and not a season-ending episode. Uh, Before we go, make sure to check out our friends over at Leafs and Lads. The Toronto Maple Leafs are setting up another season. They are one week away. Isaac Dan and Mark have you covered over there. They've just started their season preview stuff. Uh, Good stuff over there. If you're a fan of us and you like Toronto sports, I would 100% recommend go check them out. And Quinn, thanks again for joining us on the show, man. Always good to have you. No worries. Go Jays. Yeah, absolutely, man. Go Jays, and we'll see you guys on Monday.